welcome Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Wednesday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. It is a, not only is it a hump day Wednesday, the Federal Reserve has wrapped up their big two-day meeting. Uh, this is a non-press conference meeting. Uh, apparently, uh, I believe they're going to get rid of that. Yeah, they're going to go to a, we want a press conference every meeting because, well, let's face it, when you've got $21.3 trillion worth of debt that you've got to manage, uh, not to mention the $4 trillion they've got, I mean, yeah, you probably need to have a, a press conference so you can control the spin. Uh, nobody's expecting anything uh, this time around. The rate hike uh, that is due will be next month. What will be interesting is what will happen in December? Will they hike for a fourth time? Uh, we got that for you. We had a bunch of economic data out. We had housing data out. We had some jobs data out. We had car sales out. Uh, we had PMI out. We also had a very interesting announcement from the Treasury Department uh, that that really is starting to gather momentum. Just how fast is the deficit really starting to rise? Uh, like I said this morning, uh, we're now, uh, I think, a billion dollars away from $21.3 trillion. Uh, and I've been telling you all along, listen, the debt's going to be over 22 before the end of this year. Uh, I'm hoping it's below 24, 24 by the end of next year. I'm hoping. Uh, but uh, major announcements again. So the Treasury Department, normally they, they make an announcement every 90 days. Today uh, is the the issuance, how big. Uh, they added more debt. Uh, now there's talk of adding another new debt instrument. In other words, hey, we got to sell more debt. And instead of just keeping, you know, tacking on, to this this note and that note, let's create a whole different note. Uh, we'll bring that all to you. Uh, I don't know how all of this is going to work. The trade war that apparently was supposed to uh, with China that was hopefully going to end apparently started again. Uh, Trump announcing he's getting ready to hit them with 200 billion in tariffs. China's already responded. We got a lot of ground to cover. Don't forget, make sure you get out to allamericangold.com. And get yourself in the know. But the most important thing, right, as we watch and, and we're sitting here, right, and this is, and I've been kind of describing this as like the sweet spot for this economy, right? We got, you know, the big tax cut, uh, the deregulation work, which I hope continues. Uh, if not, I'm really worried. Uh, but now that it's over, and, and we're starting to get the first round of July numbers. It's starting to look, it's, not, it's looking the way I told you it was going to look, uh, both on cars, homes, now the PMI, all of those are important. But I think the biggest thing, again, nobody wants to talk about it. We got to watch this debt. We have to really start paying attention. Uh, there is big trouble in the Japanese market. Uh, word now is, uh, at least from you know the experts, have the Japanese lost the confidence 
of the bond market. Uh, we got to talk all about that. If so, what are the ramifications? Uh, obviously, the, the news from China today uh, saying they will not bend to blackmail and threats uh, having implications, price increases coming down the board. Uh, I'll bring those to you this morning as well. Uh, big announcements uh, from everything from diapers to Kleenex to, to cars to you name it. Uh, prices are starting to rise. I'll, I'll give you at least the ones that have announced uh, Caterpillar, uh, the big machines, right? I mean, it, it covers everything. We'll try to get through it. We've got a lot of things. I'm going to try to get to them all today. If I don't get to them today, I'll try to get to them tomorrow. But it really is starting to, to, to become very, very interesting. I don't know exactly when, right? Do, do, we, do we get to the end of the year? Uh, does it really start hitting us in 2019? Uh, my guess is... I'm hoping. Well, if I, my my feeling is the by the end of the year we're going to be much slower than we are right now. That's my guess. Uh, I'm hopeful that maybe we can get into 2019 before that happens. Here's the problem: the debt is growing massively, and, and now the Federal Reserve. You know, we've never been in a situation ever where we had a big tax cut. With rates going up, we've never had a huge, huge jump in the debt with rates going up. When you think about the debt, you know, when we went from five, five trillion to fifteen, and really, when we went from, let's just say, from five trillion in '01 uh, to the twenty trillion, rates went from. What, five and a quarter, five and a half to zero. Now, here we are. Now we're getting ready to go from 20 to 40 trillion. And at least for right now, and, I, and again, I don't know how many rate hikes we're going to get in 2019. I, I, I'm going to put out a warning. I don't think the Fed's going to get it right and they're going to hike too much. But the fact that we have rising debt, a huge tax cut, and yet rates are rising. This is something we haven't seen. You go back to Reagan. Remember Reagan? Right? Interest rates were near 20. You know, and he did the tax cuts, and the debt started to grow, but interest rates went from 20 to 6. Patriot Radio News Hour. Got a lot of ground to talk about. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Pager Radio News Hour, uh, and you know we're starting to talk about uh, things that we haven't seen before, and and talking about that. You know when we went from ten to twenty, and really from five to twenty, the debt, the interest rates kept falling, so we were adding all of this debt without really increasing the 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 debt uh, by the new issuance. Now, this whole thing, every time they come out and do an auction, every, every day, Monday through Thursday, four days a week, day in, day out, it adds to the debt, right? Because we went from zero, 
right, to, to two, and they know there's, there's talk of three. I don't think that we're going to get to three, but and now the number's huge. So this morning, and, and it's weird because it, it's almost like the debt markets are acting like uh, something new happened because the Treasury made the announcement, as we know, hey, we're going to increase the size of the debt auctions. Every 90 days now, they come out and they say the same thing. We're going to increase. We got to increase. We got to increase. We got to increase. Right? Wall Street's not paying attention. They don't want you to focus in on that. Yesterday, I kept telling you, where are the cuts? Right? Hey, listen, I'm all for less taxation. I love it. Right? Wouldn't it be great? Nobody pays any tax. Right? You want to unleash an economy? That would do it. But you better cut. You better cut everything. Right? And and you just you can't. Have it both ways. And and you know what? Here's what's funny. You know that that's right. right? And we, we think about whatever happened to the fiscal conservative. They've disappeared. And now, so the Treasury announced, hey, we've added a $5 billion to this week's auction. Right? They're going to sell $78 billion in bonds. The auction will be $34 billion in three-year notes on August 7th and $26 billion in 10-year notes on August 8th. The government will sell $18 billion in 30-year notes on August 9th. Right? You get the picture, right? The department also announced increases in the size of other auctions including the two-year, the three-year, and the five-year. Auction totals will grow by $30 billion. Think about that. That's just a week. Hey, here's next $30 billion. Hey, we'll do another $30 billion. The Treasury Department also said that they are now analyzing introducing a new Five-year Treasury inflation-protected security. <laughs> right? It won't be real inflation-protected. It'll be the fake inflation-protection, but still. So now they're like, okay, we got a problem here. We keep adding to all of these auctions. we got to come up with something else because, you know, we're, it's getting too big. So they're, they're, they're now saying, hey, get ready. Here's a new bill. This is brand new. This is part of the report that was new today. We're going to create a new security. It's a five-year security. Any change to the inflation-protected security calendar will be announced at the next quarterly refunding in November. So get ready. Remember now, we're on this cycle now, right? Every 90 days, we got to get ready. What are they going to tell us? Uh, Looks like... Uh, we're going to get, I know they're going to increase. Now it looks like we'll get another security. They said that they will also at that time assess the need to make further adjustment on auction side, right? In other words, what they're saying is, hey, guess what? We're not done. And again, they're, they're setting us up. They don't want to tell us the whole story out of the chute. They already know, but you don't think the Treasury doesn't already know what they're going to be doing come October and November? Of course they do. But we're going to wait to tell you. 
And don't worry, because 90 days from there, it's going to change again. They already know what they're going to need this time next year. The Treasury also announced that we're not done. Don't worry, though. You don't need to pay attention to any of this. You know what? We can run up as much debt as we want. We can have, you know, prosperity through the printing press. Everybody knows it. We know. I'm being facetious. You know, one of the things uh, Jason and I were talking, and and he he doesn't necessarily get, at, at times, sarcasm. Right? So for those of you that don't understand sarcasm, yeah, that's not true. The Treasury Department also announced it will sell a new two-month bill starting in October. So we got a new five-year note coming uh, that they're going to announce in November. Hey, in October, we got a new two-month bill. And right, remember, the, the short end is just saturated. Unlike the Treasury's traditional bill settlement day of Thursday, this new bill will have a settled date of Tuesday. See? There you go. Hey, guess what? We still got Monday and Wednesday, right? We, we still got a couple more days to fill up because they don't do bond auctions on Friday. So, so you know, here's the thing. We're, we're at least on this two months, we, we, we're, we've got Thursday already, but now we're going to add a Tuesday. But don't worry, we still got Monday and Wednesday. They said that the Treasury is on track to issue over a trillion dollars. We know the number right now. Everybody is agreeing with me, right? They're, they're, they're admitting to $1.33 trillion, the number we're going to have to sell, $1.4 trillion of debt on top of. And remember, this is on top of. On top of, we roll over, you know, the debt's $21.3 trillion. And it's actually technically $21.298 trillion. Tomorrow morning will be $21.3. We don't roll all of that over, right? So we don't have to sell all $21 trillion every year, right? Because, you know, we got two-year notes, five-year notes, seven-year notes, 30-year notes, right? The vast majority of the notes, though, are a year or less, right? They're the vast majority of notes, two-month, three-month, six-month, one year, right? That's where most of the money is. And then you throw in the two five sevens and tens and thirties. But we probably, and, and I'm going to guess, we're probably rolling over $8 trillion, $9 trillion. And now we're going to add $1.4. I'm hoping one four. It could be one five. Right, and, and you add that on top, so then the next year, right, so 2019 rolls around, and we're going to have to add another, and, and again, I'm going to be kind. I hope it's less than $2 trillion, right? Um, I guess it's probably somewhere around one eight. On top of, right, on top of, and so now instead of having to roll over, Seven trillion, and then it's eight trillion. Right now, we got to roll over ten trillion. Next year, you got to roll over fourteen trillion. You understand what I'm saying? So they keep, they have more and more of this debt that they got to roll over every year. So now they've been, they keep adding to the size of every debt auction. And now they're like, listen, we're at like capacity, right? We we get these things too big, we're gonna have a problem. So we got to come up with new stuff. 
So today they announced two different bills, one to start uh, the two-month bill. The first scheduled auction date is August 15th. This new five-year note, they, they haven't given the details. They said sometime in November. According to, well, me, but Oxford economist, uh, Nancy Vanderhuten, she says the Treasury is going to issue, here you go, $1.4 trillion. Uh, the largest anch- uh, the largest single issuance since the 1.8 trillion in the 2009, right? The height of the financial crisis, it was 1.8. We may take that number out next year, right? No financial crisis, no uh, big war to be fought, right? No huge bailing out of banks. And I'm telling you, whether we do it in 2019 or 2020, does it matter? Before the we get through 2020, we'll have brand new records on issuances, and this is a non-crisis. And now the Treasury is kind of saying, hey, listen, this thing's growing a little faster than we wanted to, to acknowledge. This has pushed rates up today. Uh, the 10-year note back above 3%. Uh, how about this out of the Bank of Japan? So we talked last well, the last few days, three times last week, Japan had to come out and say, we're buying every single treasury on the market because their, their, treas- their rate went from zero to 0.1%. And now people are saying, hey, has the market lost faith in the Japanese central bank, because yesterday they had their meeting, right? So they had their central bank meeting, and they were supposed to announce this big change in bonds, and they were essentially going to try to pretend that they were tightening, right? Like, we're set, we're raising rates, and we're, we're trying to sell off the balance sheet at least for another about six months, like six to nine months, and then that's going to be over. Right, Europe's Europe's going to stop buying bonds. Right, they're they're still buying, but they're trying to stop. And so Japan wanted to pretend that they were doing something. The bond market crushed them, and then yesterday they came out and said, "Well, you know, uh, maybe we won't." But I want to point out something, right? So when you think about where are we headed, the Japanese currency is worth nothing. Okay, it's worth nothing. The economy of Japan hasn't grown in decades. Hasn't grown in decades. This is what we can look forward to. They're drowning in debt. Nobody wants it. Here's an example. So look at their stock market. Remember, it peaked at 40000 That was was that 87? I think it was 87. It's only at 20,000 today. The Bank of Japan, their balance sheet. So we talk about our balance sheet. It's at 4. Point, I think that 4.2 or 4.3 trillion right now. Right? So it's a, it's lower. Their balance sheet is now the entire size of the Japanese GDP, which is, I think, a little over $5 trillion. Okay? Their central bank holds bonds 
equaling the entire size of their economy. They are the top 10 shareholder. Okay, so not only do they buy bonds, they buy stocks. And 40% of all Japanese companies, the Bank of Japan buys more Japanese stocks than the rest of the world combined. The Bank of Japan and its policy are beyond insane, right? I mean, think about this. This is, this is what they're trying to, to pawn off as sound economic policy. So when you think about where we're headed, this is it. Make no mistakes about it. Listen, we're not the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. Like I said, what do we got? Six months, nine months, maybe a year. It's going to stop, right? And 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 again, QE four, QE five, right? All that stuff's going to come right back, right? We're going to bring rates back down to zero. We're going to start buying up all the debt, right? All the banks are going to have all the problems. Remember, it was a debt problem to begin with. How did they fix the debt problem? Well, they did what Japan did. Started buying debt. Well, Japan started that in 1987. And here's where they're at today. So just want to know where we're headed? That's where we're headed. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll talk economic data next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The push for amnesty for illegal aliens was turbocharged in June by stories of separating children from their parents at the southern border. But children are often separated from law-breaking and even law-abiding American parents, so it's curious why liberals and others would suddenly complain when it happens to families who are entering our country illegally. Of course, these liberal critics never provided an alternative to the current policy of prosecuting law-breaking parents while allowing their children to go free. If we had a border wall, something else liberals oppose, then most of these separations would not occur. Migrant camps would be needed to keep all families together as the adults break the law. But this is not an American approach. There is no crisis in Central America that justifies establishing refugee camps. The United States will not be a migrant camp, President Trump rightly declared, and it will not be a refugee holding facility. Not on my watch. The timing of this media campaign against family separation is very suspicious. The push for an amnesty bill had reached a fever pitch for more than a million young adults who are euphemistically called childhood arrivals, when in reality, many of them crossed our border illegally as teenagers. These migrants would be wonderful assets to their homelands, and they have more relatives back home than they do here in America. Amnesty would merely encourage more illegality. Lobbying groups in Washington, D.C. turned up the heat on congressmen to get amnesty passed, and the Koch donor network demanded it, too. Big business benefits from cheap labor that crosses our borders illegally. Much to the establishment's sorrow, Trump announced in June that he would not sign the Ryan immigration bill. Trump should stick to non-negotiable requirements, including a withdrawal of jurisdiction from the courts over issues relating to the construction of the wall. Trump's executive orders concerning immigration and challenges to deportation. 
Congressman Steve King and Lou Barletta have long been leaders on this all-important issue of immigration. Both oppose the compromise bill pushed on President Trump, and no bill on immigration is worth supporting unless Representatives King and Barletta are on board. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. U.S. $20 liberties in Saints. I don't have a lot. But liberties or saints, we probably got uh, about $24, $20. Liberties, about half as many saints, twelve seventy five at 800-951-0592. And just start, I mean, just for a second, I know, right? We, we, we want to make America great again. I, we do. Take the rose-colored glasses off for a second. Understand what the Treasury Department's been saying. It's getting real big, right? I've never seen, I mean, I've been here, what, 15 years? When I first started, there was no talk of any new issues. Matter of fact, remember, they were going to get rid of the 30-year note. They were talking about getting rid of notes. Now, seemingly every 90 days, they start talking about adding new securities on top of adding to the levels of the debts of the current security. And now we start looking at our first July economic data came out today. Jobs came out while it was the survey job. So, you know, I'm not huge on survey stuff. But it was a decent number, 219,000. There was some bad in it. The multinationals uh, were laying off. Uh, But, you know, there was still job growth uh, in the U.S. Uh, And, again, this isn't anything dramatic. And I don't mean to, I I mean, I just know what the numbers are. This is, is it better than last year's? Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, we know the last four or five years, the numbers haven't been great. Car sales. This one actually was a lot worse than expected. Only one company had an increase in July. That was Fiat. Everybody else, big decline. Uh, Ford and Toyota, General Motors won't release numbers anymore because they know, right? Right? <laughs> they, like, oh, these are going to start getting bad. Let's stop. So they, we won't know. We don't know theirs. But everybody else, sales were down across the board. Uh, Mike Jackson, no relation to Reggie, by the way. Mike Jackson, he is the CEO of Auto Nation. Okay, you know they're like the largest car dealer in the world. And, well, in the U.S., I don't know about the world, but in the U.S., he came out on TV to try to make you feel better 
Every year, there's a clunker of a month. And July will be that month, I think, from a retail point of view. In other words, he's hoping that this is the worst month. I got news for Mike. I don't think it is. But nonetheless, uh, new vehicle sales, uh, which rose in the first half due to a, you know, they, they say the overall of the tax system, uh, falling uh, and falling rapidly. They, they say that uh, there is a glut now of cheaper new used vehicles. Of course, we've heard this all along. Uh, sales at Ford were down 3%. Uh, retail sales for Ford, and this was the worst part, down 10%. So, in other words, they, they, they must have made a bunch of deliveries to rental car agencies. Uh, 28% decline in passenger cars. And even here's the worst part. Even the SUVs were down. The only thing that was up were the trucks. Uh, General Motors earlier this year said they would not report. Nissan down 15%. Honda down 8.2%. Toyota down 6.1%. Right? You're getting the picture. Okay, that was, those are all July numbers. Housing. The long list of housing headwinds, right? We've heard, right, there's, prices are too high. Not enough inventory. Interest rates are, are rising and causing payments to, to make the already high price even more unaffordable. Is finally taking a toll on potential home buyers. Housing demand, this was a June number. Car sales, July number, housing, June number. Housing demand fell 9.6%. I remember cars, right? Down 10, down 9, down 8, down 6. Housing down 9.6% from a year earlier. So from June of 17 to June of 18, housing down 9.8%. Uh, this is an index produced by Redfin. Uh, they said the number of people requesting a home tour, and I, I guess that's a, a good metric, fell 6.1% in the month. Uh, that number, of course, obviously seasonally adjusted. 15% fewer offers were also made on homes. So, uh, again, this is kind of underneath the the uh, the big headline numbers, right? And we start looking at all of these headline numbers, uh, whether it's GDP, employment, inflation, right? When you look underneath it, the underneath numbers look vastly different. Today we had PMI. Okay, and again, this is a survey. This number's been off the charts. And, of course, all year long I've been telling you discounted. It's survey. Uh, it's not as strong as you would be led to believe. Uh, and, and let me just give you, we had three different PMIs come out, China, Japan, and the U.S. China's number hit an eight-month low. Japan's PMI, 13-month low. The U.S. PMI hit an eight-month low, the worst number since uh, 2017. They said stagflation. 
prices were higher, new orders were lower, supplier deliveries were slower, inventories were rising. In other words, uh uh-oh, we've been building this stuff, and now all of a sudden, supply shipping isn't happening, right, because people aren't buying it. The prices we paid to build it got more expensive. The backlog of orders slowing. New export orders. I thought that was a good one, right? Okay, how's that going? Well, slower. Import orders. That was even slower than the export orders. So all across the board, and these were all July numbers. So when we look at all the data points that we've seen, we had two data points from July in autos and PMI, uh, considerably weaker. We had one data point in housing, which was June, saying people making offers on houses down 15%, overall market down 9.6. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Wow. Uh, eight. <laughs> Oh, I don't mean to let Arlene just came in the studio and she's got this this look in her eye of where is it? And I apparently I had her red pen. Arlene is like our school teacher here. Um so she has the red pen uh to correct all our mistakes and, and uh apparently I had stolen it. And she recognized it. And, of course, I stole it for a reason, which was I got tired of getting all my papers back with all the red pen on it. You know, it's just like I had a flashback of when I was in school. And I was like, oh. My. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> you sir totally threw me off. Uh, where were we going? Oh, I know now. The cost of just about everything going to get more expensive. Remember, it's here. It's stagflation. They haven't admitted it yet. They're going to kick their give it a little time. And I'm not not a lot. Just a little bit. It's coming. Be smart enough. I know. I know. It's hard. Be smart enough. Don't let this price point pass it by. Make sure it doesn't matter whether you had one or five or three or two, you got to add here because all the signs it's everywhere. Look at what the Treasury's doing, look at what happened to the Japanese. Their central bank essentially tried to come out and say, We're going to start. I had to come out yesterday and say, Okay, we're not sorry, sorry, bond market. Right? This is what is happening. Right, we we got four percent, and one point four trillion dollars of debt only got us one quarter of four, one quarter of four. Okay, one. Where is it going from here? I just started to give you. We've only got a few data points. I'm going to give them to you. I didn't hide any. There's not a there's not another data point that came out today that was really good. And I didn't give it to you. I don't do that. The cost of everything starting to rise. Procter and Gamble announced they're raising the cost of diapers, paper towels, toilet paper, 
tissue paper. Anything with paper in it apparently is going higher. Pretty much they said, you know, all the stuff we sell, which is about, you know, P&G probably owns 15 20% of the supermarkets. U.S. families can thank higher commodity pricing, higher shipping ex- expenses. Mm, and my favorite one, foreign exchange rates. Remember, I've been telling you about this strong dollar. We can't have it. We can't have it. Some people don't realize and haven't figured it out yet. We can't have it. Won't work. Right? I, we may have hit the, the high note. Dollar touched 96 for a few weeks back. That could be it. We'll see. Right? And even if it's not, it's not going to last. They said that the cost of Pampers going up 4%. Uh, they, they said that the new price for the 128-count pack of Swaddlers. Now, I don't know what Swaddlers is, okay? but I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm super glad. You know what? Every time I think I'm glad my kids are older, right? Uh, yeah, my oldest kids getting ready to go to college. Dude, trust me, there's not, they never get cheaper. Right now they live in your house forever. Right? 30-year-olds are living with their parents. They won't leave. The new cost of a pack of diapers, $36.39. I don't need to laugh, but for most people, that's like half of a shift. Right now, if you actually got an eight-hour shift, right? Most people probably don't even get that, right? I mean... $36 for diapers. Bounty, Charmin, Puffs, all of those are going to rise by more than 5%. These price hikes are aimed at addressing, and we, of course we call it commodity costs, and what the industry is experiencing, and let's face it, let's just throw in the real, and the dollar's way too strong. Uh, they said that sales have fallen 2%. See, and this is kind of the the misnomer, right? This is Procter and Gamble. Think about all the things that they produce that are in in the in the uh, supermarket. You know, they own Gillette, right? So you you take the shavings and all the Gillette brands and all these other. I mean, the the cereals and all of it. They said, listen, our sales were down two percent. I guess no 4.1% GDP growth for Procter & Gamble. I don't think that the new normal is we don't have pricing power at all. I believe superior products at competitive prices will win. That was their CEO. Uh, That didn't sound so good, did it? Here's here's essentially what he's saying. (laughs) uh, Yeah. We don't have any cheap stuff anymore, so I hope you like our quality because if you don't have that, uh, we don't have a company anymore. And I wanted to get the one thing that is up. We've been talking now for the last month about, I've been telling you, there's not a lot of product out there. After what has been a lackluster year for gold and silver, precious metal coin demand started to pick up in July, according to the latest data from the U.S. Mint. Uh, 
And I guess that's a, a nice way of saying it. It said gold coin sales were up 43%. Bullion sales were up 100% year over year. You don't think everybody was buying this manipulated low gold price? Yeah. U.S. $20 liberties in Saints until they're gone. Twelve seventy-five at 800 951 800-951-0592, July, the biggest month of the year. Uh, as far as coin sales from the Mint, uh, up 100% from a year ago. In July, that's normally, July's normally a bad month, right? You know, the, the, the summer months are normally a bad month. Uh, physical silver demand also uh, picked up in July. One ounce Silver Eagle coins up 103% uh, from June. Uh, And again, remember, that is uh, uh, wiped out all the backdate supply, so everything's going to be 2018s on the silver side of things. Uh, And again, follow the money. This this is, you know, when you see numbers like this, this, this is big, 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 big money, right? Guys coming in and they're buying you know, millions of dollars worth of, of product. Uh, you know, here we're talking about $24, $20 Liberties, $12, uh, $20 Saints, right? And this is this is how we get this message out to all of you. Uh, so uh, make sure you take the time, put some away. Uh, U.S. $20 Liberty Gold pieces, right? The 1866 to 1907 legal, lawful, constitutional tender. Here's the best part. The most private way for you to own gold. You can buy it, you can sell it, you can trade it, and you don't have to give out your Social Security number. There's no 1099s, nothing like that. Uh, U.S. $20 Liberties, uh, those are the older ones, right? 1866 to 1907 at 1275. The $20 St. Gaudens, Teddy Roosevelt, thought that the liberty wasn't majestic enough for America, and they commissioned a guy named Augustus St. Gaudens to come up with a new coin. And the $20 St. Gaudens went all the way up until gold confiscation in 1933. Uh, you pick it. Uh, got 24 of the libs, 12 of the saints at 800 951 0592, that is our toll-free number. Uh, take the time to put it away. Other way, you know what, we just got a, another data point, mortgage applications. This is a weekly number. Uh, they said that mortgage applications fell to another 2%. Uh, total mortgage volume slipped 2.5%, excuse me, from, a week, uh, pri- from the prior week. Now down 12% from a year ago. So there's there's another number for you to put in your hat when we try to uh, surmise how much more time we have. Where is the GDP numbers going to go? Uh, I already know, right? We're, we're headed lower in GDP. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as we're seeing now, prices, airlines are starting to raise prices. That was another one I didn't get to. I didn't get to all the price increases that I wanted to today, but you get the feel for it, right? And, and, and again, 
yes, commodity prices are higher. Uh, yes, that there's there's the you know the wage pressures, which really it's not what it seems. Okay, the the the, the only wages really growing uh, are states that raise the minimum wage, and then upper management's getting the money. Uh, outside of that, most of the rest of the workforce really trying to stay put here. Uh, Patriot Radio News Hour. Help support us by buying our products, and we will be back tomorrow. 